Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yannion. Today is day number two, talking about the restoration of Israel with all the problems and all the turbulence going on in Israel. God has a plan and we're gonna see it from the word of God. Jesus promised these days were coming, but told us when you see them come to pass, look up, your redemption is close and the coming of Jesus is very close. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. We are talking about the restoration of Israel. What's going on in Israel today? We began this yesterday. We started with chapter 11 of the book of Romans where Paul pointed out that during the time of the church, there's a partial blindness that has happened to Israel. That's in Romans chapter 11 and verse 25. And that partial blindness doesn't mean they cannot receive Jesus as Savior. It's just tougher for them because of this partial blindness. Notice not a total blindness. It doesn't mean they cannot be saved. It's just more difficult sometimes speaking to a Jew and because they see themselves as God's chosen people. And as far as the natural nations are concerned, this is true. But as far as eternity is concerned, there's only one thing that will get you to heaven, believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He was the promised Messiah in the Old Testament. When he came, they didn't want to believe in him. They did not believe that Jesus Christ was that Messiah. And so after his resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit, the first thing that happened was Many, many Jews gave their life to Jesus Christ in the streets of Jerusalem as Peter prophesied and spoke over them and quoted the Old Testament, telling them that this man, Jesus Christ, was their Messiah. And on that day, thousands of Jews accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Some 3,000 Jews accepted the Lord. And the church began with 120 from the upper room, 3,000 accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that was of the Jewish people in the city. So that partial blindness was there, but there were many more there than just the 3,000. And we find that battle going on throughout the New Testament in the book of Acts and Romans and Galatians, churches that were formed, that those who withstood it the hardest were not sinners off the street, but religious people, and especially the Jews with their, their religion. And they came in and tried to get the Gentiles to go back and keep the law. And they succeeded to some degree in the book of Galatians. And uh, Paul had to really come in and chew them out because he said, I saw you set free. You were heathens, then you accepted Jesus as your savior, you became free. And now you've gone back into bondage, but it's a religion bondage. Now you keep times and seasons and all the things that are brought out in the Old Testament because these Jews came in and taught them that you can't truly be successful serving God until you go back to the law. Well, Jesus Christ set us free from the law. He fulfilled the law and put it away. And so again, we come back to that. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 18 says, God's promise to Abraham about Israel's future is this. What did he promise to give them? He said to you, that is Abraham and all of your descendants. And these are the physical descendants, okay? Not the spiritual descendants, but the physical descendants who live in Israel. And as we pointed out yesterday, when they came back into the land in 1948, they will never leave that land again. Their history throughout the Old Testament was being in the land, out of the land, going in and out, driven out, finding their way back in, voluntarily leaving, gone for, for hundreds of years 
at a time. 400 years they were in uh, slavery in Egypt and then 40 years in the wilderness before they came back after that time. Later were 70 years uh, as they were taken out and led into captivity again. And uh, then they came back to the land after that, the 70 years in captivity in Babylon. And then they came back and then again, they were in the land for many years. Now they were gone for 2000 years. Uh, after the day of Pentecost, there was a certain uh, curse that came in because of the national rejection of Jesus as Savior. And for 2000 years, they've been dispersed around the world into different nations. Now they've come back. And in 1948, the United Nations actually gave them that land, but it didn't matter because God gave them the land a long time ago. And we'll read the verse now, Genesis 15, verse 18. God says to Abraham, to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt, that's the Nile, to the great river, the river Euphrates. This covers so much area. And this land that was given to them under Solomon, Israel grew to its largest ever, but it still never gained all the ground God promised Abraham. That has not come to pass yet. Spiritual blessings have already been given to Israel through the redemption of Jesus Christ, but natural and national blessings are yet to come for the regenerate of Israel, those who will become the spiritual seed of Abraham, those who will see this expansion of the nation to its full borders God gave them will be after the millennium begins and only believers will be on the earth to start the millennium. There'll be others born during that thousand years that don't know Jesus, actually rebel against God at the end of the millennium. But we find here as the millennium begins, all unbelievers are taken off the earth. Satan is removed from the earth. All demons are removed from the earth. Antichrist, the false prophet, the beast, fallen angels, all the different things are removed off the earth. The earth is cleansed and Jesus Christ comes back to rule and starts out the millennium with just believers. And uh, so, but the natural and national blessings are yet to come for the regenerate of Israel so that God will separate and Jesus will separate before the uh, millennium begins. He will remove all unbelievers from the earth and leave believers. And this is when he says before all nations and separates the sheep believers from the goats unbelievers. And the same will happen with Israel. So the spiritual seed of Israel from, from Adam, those who are Jews, but have accepted Jesus as their savior. And it happened throughout the New Testament happened in revivals in the Old Testament where people actually saw the purpose of the law was to point out Jesus Christ. And Paul even brought out the law was our schoolmaster. Ours, the Jewish nation, was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So the natural and national blessings are yet to come for the regenerate of Israel, those who have become the spiritual seed of Abraham. So this and many other promises concerning the future of Israel and its national blessings will come to pass at Jesus' return at the battle of Armageddon, the closing of the battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation. So when mankind has done all that it knows to do and overthrows believers in Jesus Christ and the nation of Israel, Jesus will return to this earth to rule forever, but Israel will remain in the land. And the last day of the tribulation, when the uh, battle of Armageddon comes, I mean, it's going to be tough on the nation of Israel because so much pressure and destruction 
has happened in the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, it looks like their time is over, but supernaturally, Jesus will come back. Understand this and rest in this. I don't care how powerful the nations get. I don't care how much technology we have. I don't care how much of, of you know, uh, AI we have and so much of other things that are going on around this and, and, and the control of machines around the world and the control of computers around the world. And it looks like we're losing all of our freedoms and all this because of all this stuff taken over. Understand something, Satan will never with all of this technology and all these things ever, ever hold a candle to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ defeated him when, uh, when Satan was removed off the throne on this earth and it was given to mankind in the garden. Later on, when Satan rebelled against him and Jesus conquered him at the cross, rose from the dead, spoiled, conquered principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. The Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. That was a great destruction that came to uh, Satan. Satan's going to try again, but I can tell you this, with every attempt he makes, Jesus Christ is greater. Kind of reminds me a little bit of the Pharaoh of the Old Testament who stood up to God while Moses was there. And every time that Pharaoh stood up, God stood up. And God was just bigger than Pharaoh. Pharaoh rose up again and God rose up again. And Pharaoh rose up again and God rose again. And this happened through 10 plagues that happened. Finally, after the 10th plague, God rose up and Pharaoh couldn't rise up any higher. There's no way the gods of this world, the gods of Satan, they may empower people. We may look at them at what great power it is. They'll never, ever even come close to the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus conquered and spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. That's at the cross. And he's going to do it visibly in front of the entire world at the Battle of Armageddon. And Jesus will be uh, taking Satan and all these other things we talked about, binding them in hell for a thousand years. Then after that, all those unbelievers and Satan himself and demons, all those things will be taken up before the throne of God at the great white throne judgment. Satan will be judged. And guess what's going to happen? They'll be cast from there forever into the lake of fire. Hell is temporary. The lake of fire is forever and forever. I'm just telling you what the future is going to be. You understand that, and it's simple to get back to the job God gave you. I'm here to win souls. I'm here for eternal things. That's the major reason I'm here. Yes, I'm here to help our nation vote the right way, but you know what? I'm not going to let that get in the way of my greatest command given to me. Go into all the world and preach the gospel because the gospel is eternal. Nothing else is eternal. Everything else is temporary. The gospel is eternal. So at this time, when Jesus comes back, he'll take control of all the nations of the earth and make them his own. Jesus will remove again Satan, demons, Antichrist, all unbelievers, all religion, and cast them into hell to wait for the great white throne judgment and finally, eventually, the lake of fire. So if the promises of God came to pass with the judgment and the dispersion of Israel, they will surely come to pass concerning the restoration of Israel. So why are you looking around today getting all concerned at what's going on, listening to the news and thinking, oh my goodness, look at all the evil stuff going on. Oh God, just come back right now and settle all this. He's not. He's going to come back at the right time. I know until then, we might think about all the evil things going on, children being killed and, and women being raped and all the things we hear about going on in that nation of Israel. Our heart goes out to them. We, our natural uh, self wants to rise up and settle this thing ourselves or just scream out to God, when are you going to do something? Well, in heaven, those that are they're martyred are in heaven under the altars crying out to God, when are you going to uh, justify our, our blood? 
blood being taken? When are you going to finally rise up and do this? They keep asking when, 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 and he doesn't answer the question. The reason why is every day is one more day for a person to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You say, what's going to happen? One day before the earth is finally going to be taken by Satan, it looks like he's going to win. And in one day, he's conquered half of Jerusalem and half of the nation of Israel. The second day, it looks like he's going to take over the second half. They're going to get up that day and darkness will cover the entire world. A supernatural darkness like that covered the dark, the darkness that covered the earth. When Jesus Christ was crucified for a number of hours, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. Supernatural darkness can only be pen penetrated by supernatural light. In that day at the Battle of Armageddon, they'll turn on the lights. I mean, the searchlights, nothing will shine. Nothing will shine through the darkness. They may, the light may come on, but you know what? You can't see it. And I mean, this darkness will be like, just like a covering over the earth and people will be stumbling around trying to last for 24 hours. And this is all brought out in Joel chapter two. It's called the Valley of Decision, the Valley of Jehoshaphat. God's going to give the world 24 hours to receive Jesus as Savior. And the best thing he can do is cover the earth in darkness where you can't see anything. And if it's 24 hours of darkness, you're going to have 24 hours to do the only thing you can do, think. That's why it's called the Valley of Decision. And the whole world will have to make up their mind about Jesus Christ at that time. I think many people in the darkness will accept him. But as soon as the darkness is lifted, Jesus Christ will come back as lightning from the east to the west. What will penetrate that darkness will be the coming of Jesus Christ, the supernatural light. And when he comes back, it'll be too late to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then God's going to take care of everything. The martyrs and all those other things we've cried out to the Lord about, when are you going to settle all that? That's when it's going to be settled. When we come back for the second half of this broadcast, we're going to talk about Israel's judgment and restoration. And if you want to turn to Jeremiah chapter 16 to anticipate it, welcome to do so. But I want you to see the books that I'm offering for this broadcast. It's time for my annual minister's conference. It's going to be March the 7th through the 9th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll be speaking. Joseph Z will be joining me as well as Orlando Juarez teaching on praise and worship. I look forward to it. Every year has been a life-changing event for me and for the ministers who attend. And I believe in, in the year 2024, we're going to see a special move of God like never before. So I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible that are involved in any section of ministry at all. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for His saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Romans New Testament Commentary is a verse-by-verse -verse teaching of the book of Romans from the personal study notes of Pastor Bob Yandian. In his letter to the Romans, Paul clarified the principle of justification and whether it is by deeds of the law or by the work of God. Paul reveals that the law has never been a means of salvation and that faith has always been the means of spirituality regardless of the dispensation. This epistle also helps us to understand how we may gain victory over the flesh 
If we as believers walk according to our new nature, the inward man, we are controlled by the Holy Spirit and not the sin nature. To order Romans New Testament Commentary, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. I want to quickly reemphasize the books that we're offering. The one book that we're offering on the uh, understanding of the end times, that helps you see the overall view of end times, what's going on today. But in the book of Romans, they're covering the same scriptures we're covering out of Romans chapter 11. Three chapters out of the book of Romans, 9, 10, and 11, those three chapters deal with Israel and Paul's love for Israel, the future of Israel, the past of Israel, and how they fit into the church age. In fact, in Romans, at the end of chapter 8, you don't, con- you don't pick up at the end of chapter 8 until you get to chapter 12. Chapter 12 picks up where chapter 8 left off. And in the meantime, there's this parenthetical section, parenthesis drawn around it, chapters 9, 10, 11. And it's Paul's love for Israel and the future for Israel and the mistakes they've made in the past, the rejection of them toward God, the rejection of Jesus Christ. And so those two books are being offered. I want you to get a copy of those. I ended with this statement at the first half. If the promises of God came to pass with the judgment and dispersion of Israel, they will surely come to pass concerning the restoration of Israel. And today we are seeing the beginnings of the restoration of Israel back to what God promised them, back to what God promised Abraham, the fullness of the land they would occupy and the blessings of God about to enter in to the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. In the meantime, we are seeing Satan having his last hurrah, just doing everything he can. And the church is going to be taken out. And that's when Satan will have seven years to try to conquer the earth. He's going to try, but the Bible already tells us he will not succeed. Israel's judgment and restoration is brought out. And I had you turn here at the end of the first half of this broadcast, Jeremiah chapter 16. We're going to take a look at verses 10 through 18. And it says here, and it shall be when you show this people all these words, they shall say to you, why has the Lord pronounced all this great disaster against us? Or what is our iniquity? Why is he going to bring all this? Or what is our sin that we have committed against the Lord our God? Then you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord. They have walked after other gods. They have served them and worshiped them and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, each one followed the dictates of his own evil heart so that no one listened to me. Therefore, I will cast you out of the land into a land that you do not know. This will be all the nations of the world prophesied before the church began, this curse began to start. Neither you nor your fathers, and there you shall serve the other gods day and night, where I will not show you favor. This is the time that Paul pointed out in chapter 11 of the book of Romans, that partial blindness has happened to the nation of Israel until the time that the Gentiles is fulfilled and the church will be gone. And that's what happens. This is what causes the time of the Gentiles to come to an end and be fulfilled is the rapture of the church. And then the whole earth will shift back to Jewish time for seven more years. These last seven years that I'm talking about there that Israel will go back into is the last seven years of Jewish history or Daniel's 70th week. Jesus Christ was crucified at the end of Daniel's 69th week. And then the church age was inserted between Daniel's 69th and Daniel's 70th week. And so when the church has 
uh, gone up into heaven, then Israel will go back and take up where they left off at the end of the 69th week and go into seven years called the tribulation. But this time the darkness will be lifted off of them. The blindness will be lifted off of them. Israel will be coming back to the nation, the nation of Israel at that time. Satan will be fighting to gain that nation and gain the temple and get Antichrist in there instead of the Christ, but he's not going to win. All I can say, folks, again, Satan may seem smart, and he is. He may seem like he has a lot of power, and he does, but he's not smarter than Jesus. He's not more powerful than Jesus. And whenever it comes down to it, the final arm wrestling match between Satan and God, God's going to win, hands down. And this has happened before. It happened in the old, uh, before the Old Testament when uh, Satan was ruler over this earth, and then he tried to rebel against God and was cast out of heaven back to the earth. It happened at the time of the cross of Jesus Christ at the resurrection when Jesus Christ conquered and spoiled principalities and powers, then made a show of them openly. Again, another arm wrestling match happened and God pinned him down and Satan's going to try again. And we're seeing it happen right now. We're seeing him flex his muscles today around the earth, trying to bring in an international government, all nations working together. It's simply communism, international communism. It doesn't work in one country. It will not work when all the countries come together. And then finally, Jesus is going to come back at the end of those seven years and restore Israel back to the full position they should have had in the first place. The land belongs to them, and it'll be for the, those born again. It will be for the saved of Israel who take that land and take it back, and that's when the millennium is going to begin. So again, therefore, I want you to understand the days are coming, says the Lord. This is how God's going to restore Israel, that it shall be more said of them, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north, from the lands where they had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says the Lord. They shall fish them. And afterwards I will send for my hunters and they shall hunt them from every mountain, and every hill and out of the holes of the rocks for my eyes are on all their ways. They're not hidden from my face, nor is their iniquity hidden from my eyes. And first I will repay double for their iniquity and their sin because they have defiled my land. They have filled my inheritance with their carcasses and their detestable and abominable idols. This is what's happened to Israel through the many years. They have turned from God and turned to serving idols. And when that happened, destruction came to the people, dispersion from the land. But those who repented out of that were brought back into the land to start over again. And as I brought out in yesterday's broadcast, they have been taken out of the land, come back in the land, left the land, come back the land, driven out of the land, worked their way back into the land, were taken and dispersed out of the nation, taken into captivity for 70 years in Babylon, and then came back to the land. And then after again, Jesus Christ came and they rejected him. This is when the 2,000 years of separation from the land came. And during the past 2,000 years, every type of nation has tried to settle there, but no one has been successful because the land is reserved for the Jews. And in 1948, we saw them come back to the land and they will never leave the land again, no matter how bad the tribulation is. The Bible tells us, and Jesus does in chapter 24 of the book of Matthew, there's coming a time when Israel will be hated of all nations for Jesus' namesake. He said, for my namesake. It's the name of Jesus. Listen, all the stuff you're seeing, the writing, all the people, you know, 
protesting and all this about Israel, I can tell you what it is. They're protesting Jesus Christ. He is the center point of all of God's focus in eternity, on the earth, throughout the universe. He is the center, the center focal point of everything. And that's why there's salvation in no other name than through the name of Jesus Christ. To accept him is to have eternal life. To reject him is to spend eternity in hell and the lake of fire. So we are living very close to the time of the return of Jesus Christ for his church. And Jesus said, there's coming a time you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Right now, the, the rapture hasn't occurred. Maybe it might before this broadcast comes out. But right now, the rapture has not occurred. We are on this earth and Israel has a few friends. We used to, I used to think it was this entire nation, but there's only a few in this nation. And a lot of them, they're talking about we support Israel. It's just lip service. They are not really supporting Israel. They don't like Israel. And this is satanic. It is demonic. It's not some natural thing you can think of. A nation that produces so much goods for the world, brought in so much prosperity to a nation, helps other nations around them, supports the United States, supports the Western allies and against the evils uh, that are in this earth. All that goes on. And I mean, it's a nation where people vote. It's got a democracy to it. We can go down the list of things that Israel has, and yet the world hates it. All the things the world preaches is practiced in Israel, and yet they hate Israel, and there's no reason to do it, except it has to be demonic, and it is demonic. It is hate, Satan's hatred for God, and Satan wants control of the world. He's tried it and lost so many times. Now he's trying it again, and he's going to lose again. And the next time he loses, he will never, ever have it back again. He'll even try at the end of the millennium to get it back. But again, God's going to destroy him at that time, bring him up before the great white throne judgment. All unbelievers that have ever lived up until that time, the fallen angels, the demons, the nations that have rejected Jesus will stand there. And on that day, they're finally going to be cast into the lake of fire forever and forever, only because of one thing. What did you do with Jesus Christ? Not what type of wonderful life did you live? You know, what church did you attend? It's coming back to one thing. And that is, did you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it has been the thorn in Satan's side since the beginning. He hates Jesus Christ and all prophecy revolves around Jesus Christ. So to keep Jesus Christ off the throne in Jerusalem means he has conquered God and it will not happen. So what is my trust in God, not in my own country. I love this country, but my trust is not in this country. It's not in the Republicans over the Democrats. It's not over the, it's not against the conservatives and the liberals and I'm for the conservative. I believe in the conservative viewpoint, but you know what? There's conservatives that have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And sadly, there's some liberals that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The dividing line between heaven and hell is one thing. What did you do with my son, Jesus Christ? We're living very close to the time of the return of Jesus Christ. And whenever the church goes up, Satan and will have more control in this earth. And that's when Israel will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Why is this so important? Because during the time of the tribulation, Israel will have no nation to turn to. And by the end of the tribulation, we'll have to put their full trust in God himself and in the word of God. And then Jesus Christ will come back. The forces of Israel are fighting for their lives, and their very existence today, but full deliverance will not come through military, but through Jesus himself at the end of the battle of Armageddon. Israel has a few friends today, but after the church is taken to the rapture, they will be hated of 
all nations for my namesake, Matthew 24 and verse 9. The second half of the tribulation, three and a half years, will be the worst time in all history. Jesus said that. Matthew chapter 24, verses 21 and 22 said, there has not been a time like the end of the tribulation ever nor ever shall be. It'll be the worst time in all history that after that is over, Jesus Christ will return to the earth and begin the 1,000 years of the millennial reign of Jesus, the worldwide rule of Jesus Christ from the city of Jerusalem and from the throne in Jerusalem. I come to this. Have you accepted Jesus? You are watching this broadcast. Is he the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you been putting it off? Listen, I want to pray right now and I want you to join me in this prayer. Just close your eyes. And from your heart, mean it if you've never accepted him, if he's not the Lord of your life. And pray this simple prayer. Say, Father, I put my full faith and my full trust in Jesus Christ. I turn my life over completely to Jesus and accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Father. My sins were forgiven at the cross, but right now my rejection of Jesus Christ has been forgiven. And Father, I thank you. I will spend eternity in heaven with you. Thank you for praying that prayer. In fact, I'd like you to call the broadcast or write to the broadcast and tell us you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.